This is Alexander Freed, author of the Alphabet Squadron novels, and you are listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. A Utini Podcast Network production. Episode 210, The Mandalorian Will End as a Movie? This is the way. On this episode, get ready for the Utini-thon to benefit St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Greetings, citizens. I am IG-11. Your new marshal. Details on the launch of the Utini Academy. I am here to serve and protect the citizenry. And the Utini crew talks about where the Mandalorian goes from here. This is the way. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Wes Jenkins, and guest host Emma Park. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, a Utini Network podcast tonight all about the future of Star Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk about quite a few things is the full cast of characters, starting off with the man who clears his throat more times than the Falcon makes the Kessel Run. <laughs> That's Corey Helton. What's Hello. up, Flem? Hello, Flem. That's a great nickname, actually. <laughs> Pool shark nickname. I know. What up, nerds? Welcome back to the show. Uh, back in my house, finally, after multiple weeks of hoteling it up. And we're back now, baby. In my own room, my lighting is trash. My voice sounds like shit. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Some things haven't changed, at least. Uh, glad to see you back with your glorious sim rig. For those on video, uh, you know, if Corey is, is, is more than 50 feet away from his sim rig for an extended period of time, he gets the shakes. Right. Uh, but you know who never gets the shakes is the constant rock in my life, in this company, in this show, the man of a thousand voices and a million loves. It's Wes Jenkins. Hey, buddy. Hello. Look, see oh, how steady the YouTube, YouTube viewers, see how steady that is? You've been Anyways. a surgeon. You missed your calling. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Um, it's been a long weekend. We can talk about that later. My bones hurt. Um, my heels feel like they've cracked. Yet, you can call me grand champion <gasps> of grand the Wild Game Cook-Off champion. in <sighs> Waller, Texas. Uh, you know, it's not a very... Prominent area, but we did it. We did it. I did when that message it. came through, I felt pride, mm-hmm. like like I have not felt in, in many a moon. And uh, oh, <laughs> no, go but don't 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 get me wrong. I did nothing. First of all, I was given the task of running up the food to the judge yeah. and not <laughs> tripping and getting there within the time period. So we'll talk are, about that later. It is, your hands are shaking it is a then. very important job. <laughs> very important job. You're like that person at bar trivia that has to, whenever there's like a timed event, that's like, go, 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 go. Like, <laughs> I've done that hey, job. you got 10 seconds left. <laughs> well, my, my goodness. While, while that is probably the most important event of the, of the last week, the most important event of this week is the return of the consummate professional that uh, you may know as is the purveyor of countless pieces of Star Wars Celebration news recently at utini.com and the person that is staring down the barrel of college graduation as we speak. It's Emma Park. Welcome back to the show. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back. Yes, uh, shockingly, I survived Celebration. I didn't think it was going to happen. 
I'll be lucky if I survive graduation next. I think that's the next big hurdle. <laughs> that is correct. Well, we got faith in you. And if not, uh, there's a bunch more Star Wars to keep you going. So Thank goodness for that. <laughs> we, we always keep looking ahead. And to all of you watching and listening at home, hello. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you've had a great week. I don't know when you're listening or watching this. Uh, who's to say? Uh, but wherever you are, make sure you are liking the video, subscribing to the channel. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. I'll tell you what, if you're a visual partaker of the Living Force, go ahead and leave us a review on a podcast thing. They don't, they don't know. They don't know you're not listening. There's no you're taking to this show. But thank you no matter what. Uh, we love you all very much. We hope you enjoy the show tonight. But if you are not a normal watcher of the YouTube channel, you may want to do that this coming Friday and Saturday. Uh, Emma, tell the lovely folks what's happening this week uh, for UTD for a truly phenomenal cause. Yes, uh, definitely for a great cause. Uh, as if I wasn't already in enough uh, pain from getting up early for celebration every day and – uh, you know, all the stress with graduation. I wanted to add something on top of that for a good cause. Uh, we are doing something called Uteenithon, which is going to be our first ever uh, stream to benefit charity. And um, it's going to be going for 24 hours. I'm going to be there for all 24 hours <laughs> as long yes! as, you know, I don't like die or something. Um, but we're going to be benefiting live on uh, the internet. Yes. On stream. <laughs> Got to do it live, right? <laughs> Um, if, if it's not live, it didn't happen. I don't know. Yep, um, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to be benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is a really great cause. Um, and our goal is to raise $1,000 and Utini is going to be matching uh, donations up to $1,000, which is really nice as well. Uh, we're going to be having some awesome uh, programming. We're going to be having some uh, guests from Utini joining me as well. And uh, also a few, uh, actually more than a few, like, eight or nine or something I think we're at right now, uh, giveaways to uh, to do throughout the stream. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Friday, April 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern time is going to be when it starts. And then it will end 24 hours later at, on Saturday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So everybody, please pray for me. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Uh, Emma M- has been spearheading this whole thing. Uh, very excited. We're going to have, like, trivia. We're going to have uh, just some gaming time, some Fallen Order, some Battlefront, uh, a little bit of everything you love about Star Wars. So definitely come check it out and uh, bring your generous pockets. Uh, you know, Star Wars community has always been so great um, when it comes to charity stuff. So uh, we're so glad to finally kind of throw our hats in the ring here and come join us again. It'll be on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash utini. I'm so sorry. Uh, but come check us out. And again, just aren't, don't you want to know what Emma does at like hour 16? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if I uh, want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, um, <gasps> of course, we can never just do one or seven projects at Utini. We always have a bunch of things going on. And we have had one project that has been behind the scenes for months and months and months. And now it is finally almost ready to be seen. Corey, uh, tell the nice folks what they have to look forward to on May the 4th. Yes, I uh, will be happy to tell the folks what they have to look forward to on May the 4th because, my friends, the Utini Academy is finally ready for release. I cannot believe... 
finally able to say this. We've been working on an all-inclusive course to learn everything you need to know to, about how to get into the books in comics for the first time. Uh, this has been in the works for literally months. Um, I double-checked recently. There are like 53 lessons, I think. There's like over five hours of content. It's like it's a ton of video and professionally edited and this is uh this is a big deal, guys. <laughs> this is the biggest collaborative project Eugenie has ever done by a large margin, um, and I'm really excited to pump this thing out. Um, and we are getting ready to launch on May 4th, and you can actually, if you want a, a bit of a, a sneak peek at some of the information, the landing page is already up, utinicom slash academy, and you can kind of learn all about uh, what the course is, what it includes. If you got somebody in your life who's been kind of asking you about Star Wars books and they want to get into it. Uh, this will free you up, not have to answer nearly as many questions because we literally cover the entire history of the publishing world to the best books that you should get into, Canon versus Legends. Basically, all the information that you can find on the utini.com site has been put together in this really nice linear course. You can see all the lessons ahead of time uh, on that landing page. It's got all the different chapters. There are 13 different sections. Um, it's, it's very extensive guys. I, I don't know that there is that much more that we could have possibly covered in it. I mean, we literally <laughs> did cover everything in one course. So really excited. We were going to launch earlier this month, but March madness was such a massive success for us. We had so much fun with that social project that we decided to push it back a little bit. And, uh, I kid you not, we realized last week that we were releasing three days before May 4th. We were like, what the hell are we doing? We got to release Ridiculous. on May 4th morons. <laughs> so, uh, that's what we're going to do. So check it out, utini.com slash academy, and uh, send this to somebody in your life that uh, has been wanting to get into Star Wars books because this is going to be the best way to do it going forward. Yep, exactly. And when we did the Academy, we were very excited because we, we love that the site has been such a great resource for folks, but because it's so vast and there's so many things, there still is always that tough thing about, okay, what if I just want A to B front to back with everything, not just a timeline, not just a reading order, not just a history uh, and one of the things I also love about this is that you've, you've seen our mugs a bunch and all this stuff. You've seen some of our video hosts, but there are so many folks at Utini that you may not have seen yet um, that, uh, that are going to be in this course. They're going to be giving you recommendations and giving you all these heavily vetted research things. And there's also folks that have been script writing uh, for the words. Um, like I was, I'll say I was fortunate enough to do the High Republic chapter uh, because I've been at this company for four years and I decided I wanted to do it. Fight me. <laughs> uh, but uh, the script was written by our very own Emmy, uh, and I was very happy to work collaboratively there. So like Corey said, Utini is so many people together, and we cannot wait to bring this for you on May the 4th. So in the midst of all your uh, binge spending while you're pretending that you're on a work meeting, uh, make sure to head over to utini.com slash academy and check that out then. Definitely. And by the way, Eric, you know, as the person that did Chapter 4, I see in the chat Kelly Knox she asks, is Be More Obi-Wan in Chapter 4, best Star Wars books to read first? Kelly, there has been an error, and I will correct it. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a couple weeks! That's we right. still have a couple weeks! Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, so lots of stuff, of course, coming down the pipeline. Um, and now, as we haven't had to do in a, we haven't gotten to do in a while because we've been so busy, I just want to check in with you guys because life's been a little wild. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to let you guys know this past weekend I got to do – the very fun millennial thing of uh, showing my parents the first house I ever bought. Uh, as you all know, me and Charlie moved to North Carolina a couple months ago, and my parents finally made the trek down from Michigan and spent the weekend with us, and they approved. We're good. I don't have to do deal with any trauma, so that's fun. Um, and we got to go to 
My new favorite thing, y'all, is Charlotte Minor League Baseball. Because uh, we have a triple-A team called the Charlotte Knights. We won both our games this weekend. When I took my parents to, got ballpark hot dogs, did the whole thing. And one of the cool things, if you're watching on video, uh, this shirt that I'm wearing is the Charlotte Black Hornets, which was the Negro League team in Charlotte uh, from until like the 1950s. And on Sunday, they both teams, uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, <laughs> the losers. <laughs> what a mess. Uh, and it. the Knights. Such a great name. <laughs> it's, a, it's an incredible name. Uh, both wore their Negro League, uh, League uniforms to honor those players. And the mayor was there and talked all about the history of that league. Uh, and it was just a really incredible, really impactful game. And we and we won with the walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth. So nice. I had to get a shirt. Uh, and it, it was just a, a nice little fun way to spend my weekend. I also read a healthy amount of uh, Path of Vengeance, which you can see behind me. Review coming in May. But, yeah, it was crazy. And I'm exhausted uh, now, guys, because my weekend was kind of working. But <laughs> it was a good time. Um, now, Corey and Emma, I want to hear about your weekends. I want to hear how you're doing. Wes, though, I, I, got, I got it. I got tell us about. about the tell us about. Tell about the man. Tell him about the man. Tell about the man with the tool chest with the spices. That's what I want to hear. Oh yes. Talk about. That, okay. Magic Mike is his name. Oh his, my uh, God! Amazing. That's great. <laughs> and it's. It, I think his last name is is Magifsk, I don't know, but it's M A J I K. So we call him Magic Mike. Um, yes, he has a, a. If you look into people's garages, they have tool chests where they put tools in, saws, mm. screwdrivers, all that kind of mm. stuff. You open up every drawer in his tool chest, and it had to be like a six or seven drawer tool chest, and it was nothing but uh, barbecue utensils, spices, sauces, um, <laughs> like in all the red, like foil, and like everything you could have that you would need to be able to season a meat, wrap it up, and put it into an uh, put into a either a grill, either a Traeger or a what we use is an ugly drum. An ugly drum smoker, which is basically a fifty-gallon drum that we had, uh, put grates in. You put charcoal on the bottom. You regulate the heat by opening, and closing um, some vents. But that's wow. what did it. We had about eight or nine of those drums uh, cooking uh, all day on uh, Friday and Saturday, and so I got the prestigious honor of judging um, six. I'm sorry, five of the six meats. So when you judge meats, they give you between 10 and 12 boxes and you take one bite of a, a competitor's turn in and you score it as, you know, either excellent, good, fair, poor on two different uh, categories, oh. whether it tastes great or the texture is, is great. They use or the Utini review scoring yeah, system. Pretty much. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so <clears throat> I did five. I did five different tastings. And I tried 10 to 12 different boxes. So I basically had 70-ish bites of food oh within five hours. Wow. And I was hurting <laughs> I was gonna say around 3 p.m. I was, my God. Yeah, it was rough. It's going to take a lot of softball um, to work that off. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, just claim to fame. Um, buddies of mine that I've, uh, I've met throughout the years, they like to cook in these cook-offs. And um, 
it's really just two of the cooks and then I run the food up there and I wipe like the sauce off the box because you got to make the box pretty before you turn it in because if they see a big grease mark across the top they'll be like oh I don't know about this one gross so you can make you got to make it look nice yeah yeah and then uh, my other friend um, he made, he did the seafood and he did like the garnish where you put like parsley on the bottom and uh, fluff that up make it look nice all that good stuff but um, overall. We uh we won the whole damn thing, so <laughs> we beat over a hundred and twelve. I think one hundred and twelve teams is what it wow. was. And Whoa. because because our team won, we get a um you get a pass to go like to a grand champions uh, cook off event um against two other two hundred other grand champions. Wow. And then there's an open right after that, but that's in Kansas City in September, and I think we're gonna go. Holy shit, so, dude! That's a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot Turns of Turns out you don't need a tool chest full of spices to kick ass in the cooking contest, huh? <laughs> you need West to make your meats look good. Yeah, you know. So, it, I had nothing to do with it. So did you need <laughs> to, awesome. like, uh, hunt the meat yourself? Is that, like, one of the rules? No. Um, for the wild game, it has to be... It has to be like something that you've hunted or that you you can't go to the store and buy it. It's, it's basically okay. what it is. So we did uh, Neil Guy, which is like a big moose deer thing looking that that's it is plentiful down here in texas because they uh flourish because they have no predators they said it's like a guy named neil i'm like what <laughs> neil guy. we hunted neil guy. men for sport and then we put was, them in drums we didn't we didn't place in 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 the wild game but damn the the uh the cut of meat was like i i don't want to say how much it was but it was more than Three hundred dollars. Wow, I think it was like five hundred dollars. Holy shit! Oh my god, wait, that it was might way have too much money. It was thing. way too much money to not place. Is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I hope whoever <laughs> ate it enjoyed it. So, yeah. um, but it was a good time. It wasn't. Too, it wasn't terribly too hot. We had big tents. Um, what it was is that it's basically a giant fundraiser for first responders. Nice. And they go out. Yeah. And every, you have oh, a bunch awesome. of teams that cook, and then um, you have you know uh, friends and colleagues will walk around, mostly firefighters and policemen. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll walk from tent to tent and say hello. So it's 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 a it's a great event. And plus, the people who go in there that win will donate the money back for the prize money that they win. So they, everybody donates the money back to the event. So it's a it's a good cause. I saw Corey nice. bristle a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> I ain't giving that. Give back. the money back. <laughs> <laughs> you earned that. Oh, oh man, it's expensive kind oh. of meat, dude. That's, <laughs> That's fun. fun. Though, That's fun. That's awesome. That's, That's really so really cool. cool. Yeah. Now, now, Corey, of course, you're you're back home. Yeah. Finally, we're happy mm-hmm. to. But how is uh, how is this this last week? How how is your Not skin? Bad. Have you did you have any time to to decompress? You've been going hard, man. I did. Yeah, I just did seven days in Lenore, North Carolina, as a hospitalist out there, uh, about an eighty-six hour week or whatever. You know, seven days, twelve hours. So um, it was fine. It was good. I had a good week and uh, took care of some folks out there and. I have a, a portable travel sim rig. I kid you not. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, did, I really didn't get to use it hardly at all. So I'm really questioning whether or not that's even feasible. So we'll see if I stick to that or if I build something else. I don't know. I have so many hobbies. It's, you know, you don't have a lot of time in the evening. You only got like two hours to kill. So I'm pretty dead after 12 hours of that work. But <laughs> yeah, to be determined. That's nice. right. Well, back, I'm glad you're back, back home man. Now. Um, other, other than that, no really big updates. Just working, you know, and uh, lots of <laughs> <laughs> lots of podcasts from hotel rooms, unfortunately. But that's okay. We make it work. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Emma, I know you're you're in that grind. You're you're not only going towards graduation. You are, as we said, uh, starting giant Utini events and keeping yourself up way too long uh, for the benefit of others. Uh, but other than that, 
How has your week been going? You've get, you've been getting some Bo-Katan refreshes on Wednesdays, which I'm sure yes. has been helping. It revives the soul, really. Um, <laughs> Good. That Good. and also, I haven't been on the show since Lizzo was on, and I just <laughs> Take I a just moment. need everybody Take to know <clears throat> how I screamed and jumped out of my chair and. It was just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I mean, we got video of it. It was great. There's a video. They did. We, could, we might could play it. It's fairly rated R. I don't know if we could play it. A lot of swearing. A lot of swearing. Imagine it. Uh, I also had just rolled out of bed, so not a great look, but that's that's okay. You know, the excitement really woke me up that morning. Um, so yeah, that's been really good. Really been enjoying Mando. Um, I also like. You know, we've been planning um, our Disney trip. We're going in May uh, to Disney World, and. Um, that's actually like less than a month away now, I think. Uh, wow. We're going right before my graduation as sort of a, a way to celebrate my sister and I graduating. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Wait, when are you going in um, May? What days? Do you know? Uh, I think we're leaving on the uh, May 13th, I think. I in- legit might be in Disney World the exact days that you are. Let's talk. <laughs> that would be incredible, dude. Okay, we got to oh. talk after this. Okay. <laughs> We gotta remember that. Awesome! Great yeah. podcasting, everyone. We're gonna make our calendars line up yes. live on the show. <laughs> live on the show. Wes, I want to um, go to Kansas City with you. So we can all get together. <laughs> I'll get awesome. you in the tent for free. Hell yeah! That's great. Yeah, and then the last big thing that kind of happened this week, uh, I saw a tweet that was like thirty minutes old that said Rosario Dawson is coming to Fan Expo Boston. Yes. And so I'm like two and a half hours from Boston up here in Maine. It's not like super easy to get there. I've done it before, though. Uh, My sister and I went last summer. It was okay. The convention honestly wasn't that great. It was really crowded. Um, I went to meet Ashley Eckstein and uh, Ming-Na Wen and Charles So was there, too. Um, So, yeah, I didn't get tickets for this year. Um, And then I saw that tweet and I was like, Okay, no, this is happening. Like, <laughs> yes. nice, so nice. Uh, that was like the quickest I have ever spent that amount of money. I bought tickets. Uh, I didn't even know. Like, I bought two tickets. I didn't know if anybody was going with me. I didn't know if it, my sister wanted to come or anything. But I was like, I'm just gonna get two tickets. It'll be fine. And then I bought uh, a photo op with Rosario and an autograph as well. That way, I can I can have two oh, signed awesome. Ahsoka pops and. Um, <gasps> It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. So that's in, that's in oh, August. Cool. It's going to be Fantastic. awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> God, that's going to be great. Uh, also, real quick, uh, non-show plug. If you're watching live, speaking of Charles Soule, and you haven't yet, this is selfish on my part, you haven't backed his Kickstarter for his next book. Uh, it's called Chronicles of the Lazarine. In the next 60 hours, if he gets $4,000 more, he's going to do sprayed edges for the book. Ooh. Nice. Do that. He's a great nice. author. He's a great person. We love him here. Not sponsored. I just want spot. I just want. I've already pledged, so I this is free for me. If I get, it. <laughs> oh, awesome! But you know what's not free, but still worth it, is being a patron of Utini at <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/Utini. And I, we want to thank um the last few patrons that we've gotten. We got a couple more this week, including Colton Fife, who became a monthly patron on our Alliance High Command. Colton, thank you so much. I'll be saying your name at the end of the show again. And Matt, who became a monthly patron this past Wednesday. Uh, again, broken record for for over 200 episodes now. It always means the world every time one of y'all decides that your hard-earned money is worth supporting you, Teeny, in whatever way you can. It helps the team keep going. It helps the shows keep going. Uh, we hope you're enjoying 
a little bit of everything that we give you over there. And as a little tease, uh, I have discovered what my quarterly event video type thing is going to be for y'all. So stay tuned at Patreon. That'll be coming next month. Uh, a little behind the scenes about some of the things that I have going on with my Star Wars love here. All right. Next up, we have a double dose of a Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. All right, y'all know how much I love a good Star Wars reference book. And this week, I got two reviews from you, for you, uh, courtesy of our friends over at DK. Thank you so much again to our friends over at DK for their continued support. Uh, first of all, Kristen Baber's Star Wars 100 Objects is out um, I got this earlier this week. Uh, this was first revealed at Celebration last year over in Anaheim. Um, and Kristen showed off a bunch of pictures of various objects in this book that kind of basically detail the history of Star Wars. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the whole kind of premise of this, there are titularly 100 objects that go across all the visual scopes of Star Wars media. So, for instance, let's take a random page. Item 33 is Chewbacca's bandolier. Where are you going to get with light speed skipping? Light speed Sorry. skipping! <laughs> this would be a great book. It is for basically. <laughs> what Krista does is you get an item, a location where it is, and a year that it's from, and it kind of gives you the in universe history of this item. And what I really liked about this book, flipping through it, is that obviously Kristen's a great writer. She's written a number of reference books uh, from The Art of the High Republic to Skywalker Family at War, tons of things like that. So her use of writing, her use of prose is engaging and interesting. Could be very dull with this kind of stuff, but it really does come alive. But what I really like about this book is that it's a, it's a healthy dose of nostalgia, which seems obvious for Star Wars, right? But like every single object really takes you back to the place you were when you first saw it on screen. Like, Darth Vader's meditation chamber here for Object 42. I'm looking at it, and that looks like the prop from Empire. And it makes you remember, oh, yeah, I remember watching this. I remember experiencing that as a visual medium as a kid. And then reading it, you also get to combine it with in-universe knowledge. So it's really kind of combining the pieces of nostalgia for the films and a love of the whole universe. If you've maybe, you know, read a little more, been a little more involved. But, of course, it's not just the saga films. You also get, like... A Kyber pendant here. You get other things that were in either like Rogue One or Solo or things that are kind of outside the main Skywalker line. And it's a really nice way for Kristen to kind of use some of the newer ideas of Star Wars while still tying them back to the old films. Now, if you are a little less into the um, nostalgia-fueled bits of Star Wars and you kind of just want a propellant story, you may not get as much out of this book necessarily, but... If, for instance, it's been a while since you've watched all the films or you haven't watched, you know, Mandalorian season one in a while, this is a really nice way to kind of connect, condense it all together. So if you want just kind of a nice little coffee table book, you're going to flip through a couple every once in a while. I do recommend 100 Objects. It's put together with care. Again, Kristen had to, you know, single-handedly pick each one. There are some you can tell are her personal little favorites. Um, there's a Wookiee horn that I particularly love. Uh, and of course, if you read this and there's one that you think should be in here that's not, don't yell at anyone. We all got to make decisions. <laughs> but yeah. be no, nice. Definitely. Yeah. And, and Eric, I will say too, uh, as, yes. you're, as you're prepping your next one here, I got that book in the mail as well. And I have to say, as a reference book addict, I think I would call myself, um, 
this one it, it feels particularly nice to read like it's a, a lot of times reference books are gigantic and you kind of need to have like a table in front of you but this one is a really nice size and it's not too heavy and yep. um i really like it i echo all your thoughts about it Kristen is a lovely author and i said this on twitter but she also killed it at celebration on the live st- live show so oh my god mentioning that as well yeah <laughs> yeah she's she's really one of the best we have and also one of the busiest we have because she is also a part <laughs> of uh, this next book we have. For those of you that like to watch the live show, watch us on YouTube. I like to put the books behind me and my shelves. This did not fit there because, as shown at Star Wars Celebration, it's the long-awaited Star Wars timelines, everybody. Um, my goodness. Uh, it's we, a big boy. It's a big <laughs> Thick boy, uh, we've oh, yeah, been waiting for this book ever since it was announced, uh, especially on this team, because, I mean, a lot of you know, one of Utini's kind of first claims to fame sounds weird, but I guess, like, one of the things we really became known for was the accuracy of our timeline. Um, and when we were at Celebration last year, Amy Rakow, who we love and worked on timelines, told Trev on our team that she did use the Utini timeline to cross-reference for this book, and we were like, okay, this is going to be fun. How in-depth can it really be? Let me tell you guys one thing. However in-depth you think that this Star Wars Timelines book can be, you're wrong. Because it's way more in-depth than you could ever imagine. We are talking references to the Chinese-only High Republic, non-official, kind of official stories. We're talking Servants of the Empire lore from the Rebels tie-in books. We're talking beautiful double-page spreads all about the Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah, dude, like, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's fine. Everything it's like Wikipedia, basically. <laughs> yes, it is Wikipedia the book. Um, and it's really, I mean, you've seen the spreads. You've seen um, a lot of them that have been shared, both by us and other people. It's gorgeously put out. And what I really like about it is that it's not just a, we're going to go from 25,000 BBY all the way to the end, page by page by page. Yes, obviously, a lot of it is about the chronological history of Star Wars. But that being said... Some of the pages are about, the, like, the Chiss Ascendancy, a group of people. Then there's a page about the Millennium Falcon and its history as a ship. Then there's a page about Anakin Skywalker as a character and his history. Then there's a page about, okay, the Ghost Crew through Rebels. What did they do? And it, I really think, kind of similarly to 100 Objects, it keeps the writing fresh and interesting because it's really not just a historical boom to boom to boom It's commentary it's interesting kind of parallels that you find, and there's a lot of things that as you read this book, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I have finished it since I received it. I'll probably never finish it, and that's what's lovely because <laughs> Star Wars is basically infinite, but the amount of parallels with things that were happening simultaneously add such a richer context to the universe, and I think that's what we love about some of the cameos and things we find is that if you're reading through timelines and you're seeing things line up, it's going to add a little more drama to moments that you weren't thinking about. If you want to think about a day, you know what? What was Lando going through at this certain year? Go to his page, check it out. Or if you're reading through a book and you're like, all right, it's set in this time, BBY. Was there something else going on there? Was there something? Check it, flip through, why not? Now, for folks that are wondering some of the obvious questions, this was released uh, a little early at, at Celebration last week. On basically the day... We discovered the Star Wars timeline was going to expand into a couple of other things, including the Dawn of the Jedi era and the New Jedi Order era. You're not getting early movie information from this book. 
That's okay, so, are you surprised? No, so straight up, <laughs> people that were hoping that, oh, they clearly knew it all ahead. That's not going to be in this book. Let's assume there might be a Timelines version 2 in a couple of years. So don't be hoping for that. However, for High Republic fans, obviously we got Keith Trennis right on the front of the book, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, this does include a lot of Phase 2 information. Um, it's tough to call it spoilers because it's like historical context, but it tells you like when the Battle of Jeddah happened. It tells you when the Night of Sorrows happened. Things like that. So if you want to go into Phase 2 completely, completely blind... Maybe read a couple books before you pick this up, but it's not going to spoil like big emotional moments and things like that, but there is a healthy amount of that information within here. Um, finally, as you can see by the cover, one of the things that I love that this reference book is doing, that a lot of reference book really are doing as we go on, it's incorporating anything and everything. Animated TV, uh, manga, Skywalker Saga TV shows, uh, Skywalker Saga movies rather, and everything else is all treated in the same timeline. So... Whether you want to know more about the Aftermath trilogy, we don't have time to read it, or whether you want to dive back into the Skywalker saga and see what in the comics has now laid in additional details to, like, Luke and Leia and Han, it's the book we thought it was, I think is the best way to tell you guys about this. Um, Contrary to Emma's (laughs) point about 100 objects, big boy (laughs) needs a table, (laughs) Uh, but... Gosh, what a great thing to just kind of flip around and have with you. If you can't always have the Utini timeline on hand, we understand. Uh, but have this when you're reading a book and flip through it to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I I cannot fathom how, how much work this took. And to everyone who put their blood, sweat, and tears and Excel sheets into this creation of this book, 100% worth it. It comes out publicly on April 25th. Um, now, Emma, before we get out of here, you wanted to talk about timelines a little bit. Yes. Uh, you didn't tell me why. Yes, so I So what, tell... what, what are you thinking about this book? Yeah, so I didn't tell anyone why I wanted to bring this up because um, I, I don't think anybody else on the team really knows about it. But um, basically, you know, I saw that Timelines was coming out soon and I knew that it was coming out early at Celebration and our very own keeper of the timeline, Trevor Davey, was going to be at Celebration. And I knew that this was going to be like the first thing he did at Celebration was pick it up. Um and I said, hey, Trev, like, I know that, you know, you work on the database team and, you know, you don't really make any content, but I would love if you wrote a review for this, just coming from your perspective. And he did that. And uh, I'm going to hopefully get it up on the site uh, by the end of the week. It's like a really well done review, I have to say, and Whoa! a lot of really nice. interesting insights. And like, I'm so happy that that he took the time to do it. I mean, he wow. has been deep diving into this book, like annotating yeah, in the margins. Yeah, like, check his Twitter. He's been going so uh, awesome. at Davy Todd. He's been going yeah. all through it <laughs> with, right. with annotations. It's been amazing. Definitely. So you, you, so. you, you can trust that uh, you can trust that if it's on the book, it's going to in the book, it's going to be on the timeline eventually, too. So that's right. <laughs> right. That's that's right. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. He, was, he was making notes to himself of like, oh, shoot, you know, we got to change this on our timeline and stuff. So I really appreciate him taking the time to write that review. And I think if anybody's on the fence about picking up the book, I think that his review will certainly uh, sway you. So, yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. So, well done. Well nice. done. Again, these last few reference books with Chronicles of the Jedi and Timelines, like the, they're really stepping up the game yeah. uh, on your Star Wars reference books. So. Make sure to check those out. And, of course, uh, Stephanie Mack asked in the chat earlier for it. Um, in addition to Star Wars Timelines, The High Republic, Path of Vengeance, which looks like this. Big, thick oh, boy. boy. <laughs> um, big one uh, comes out on May 2nd. Here, here's where I am. How many Forever pages is that? Guide. Wow. Uh, it, oh, yeah. Let's reveal it on, on, on stream here. It is 
don't read the page, Eilerson. Five hundred and seventeen <laughs> pages. So, oh. what is the what is the width and the length of the pages? <laughs> All right. So uh, it's it's why it's what a thumb ish, a thumb ish thick, right. and then thumb-ish. one, okay. about six ish thumbs high, but only if you're me. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> is that the longest Star Wars book of all time in canon? Oh no! Oh no! no? That's going to be uh, Lesser Sith. Evil. I think still has Lesser that. Evil. Yeah. Um, and Midnight Horizon book. actually might be a little longer as a YA. Oh uh, wow! Okay. But it's going to be coming out on May second. And Timothy, great question in the chat. It will be on Audible. Um, the YAs are interesting because the the pre orders are just different. You don't get to see them really till the day of. Uh, but be sure. To pick that up to finish out uh, the High Republic Phase 2. So, coming through from Kevin Scott. Alrighty. So, that's enough books. Right? Nerds. Oh. Reading. Nobody likes those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some television shows and some movies. Um, some movie <laughs> pictures and some TV shows. Of course, in two days. Uh, season 3 of The Mandalorian is going to be over, guys. Uh, it's wild to think about. It. Happened so quickly. Um... And a lot has happened this season. It's been a wild season to discuss. But I, I, tonight I would love to chat about it because now that we've had a week away from Celebration, it's really sunk in for me that from Mando Season 3 to Ahsoka to this felony movie of like the Imperial Remnant and Thrawn stuff, there's a distinct possibility that these, all this storytelling is maybe leading to the end of the Mando Felonyverse in a movie. And I don't think we've seen that yet in Star Wars. Might be wrong. But you know what? Might be right. That's right. So, <laughs> so yeah, speaking, 50, speaking 50. from <laughs> just just speaking from uh um from prior knowledge. Th- spoilers, right? Spoilers. I just want to make sure everybody's aware. You know from We're here be on out, this for you. From here on out, I will say uh for our personal our conversation Everything up until the season finale of season three of Mandalorian, we're going to talk about. Um, so if you haven't seen the the penultimate episode or what have you, any of and it, you don't want to be spoiled. Of Rebels of Clone Wars, oh, yeah. of literally everything that's all, come out to this point is fair game. Otherwise, this conversation will be stupid. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen. And we're going to talk about the ramifications of that because I think part of our season three criticism at the beginning was the dangers of having story points in one narrative take place in other mediums. And I think this Filoni <laughs> movie has the potential to do that. And I'll, and I'll yep. say more details later on. Um, Wes, Wes, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? You had, a, you, had a, you had a thing going. You had a chain. thinking face. I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, oh! I was just glad that... Wait, can we, can we say that the, the big... The big event that happened in Star Wars Rebels that I ruined for yes more Everything, than two people. Yes, we can. Now. Fair game. Okay, everything's fair right. game now. Uh, <laughs> so before we get, I still don't want to say it. But, all right, all right. <laughs> I still don't want to say that Han dies. You know, I still feel weird about doing that. It's been almost ten years. Oh, I didn't like that either. That kind of made me get <laughs> right. I get a little nervous hearing you say that. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the to the movie uh, revocations, uh, season three, uh, Emma. Uh, you, especially in our Utini Slack, uh, have been super high in the season and have had amazing kind of insights into it. So I want to start with you going into the finale. Uh, a lot of the kind of status quo of the Mandalorian universe has shifted. Um, a lot of the focus of it has. And especially now knowing we're going towards this Thrawn Imperial Remnant era. Um, do you have any kind of predictions 
for this finale, do you think it's going to tie in at all? Or do you think we're really waiting for Ahsoka for all that? You know, I read an interview with Dave Filoni. Somebody asked him if the season of Mando is going to lead right into Ahsoka. And he just flat out, like, said no, it's not. But I don't believe it. I really don't. Because, like, you know, with the mention of, of Thrawn and the, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the Shadow Council and stuff and, and his return, mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, you know, isn't that exactly what's going to be happening in Ahsoka? So I, I, I think that it I think it will t- tie in in terms of how. I'm not entirely sure. Like, I, I honestly think that it might have something to do with Moff Gideon. Um, mm-hmm. like my prediction is that we're going to see Thrawn in like some sort of hologram. That's kind of like my prediction. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a good tease. You know, Fair. we don't see too much of him. Um, you know, he doesn't really affect the plot too much, but it's kind of teasing us like, Hey, there's like this big threat out there coming and you have to, uh, watch Ahsoka to see what that all means. You know, I think that'd be, that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that because, I mean, we, we had definitely throughout the season had the shift away from Din Djarin, Grogu, Lone Wolf, and mm. Cub away to, like, the Mandalorians as a whole. And they've even said, like, Favreau and Filoni have said, yeah, the titular Mandalorian really is no longer Din Djarin. Like, right. it is now the people. And, uh, yeah, speaking of, the, you know, the Shadow Council, probably, probably my favorite thing in the last episode That's was yeah. seeing them. <laughs> um, shout out well. to our team for our, and Jared for putting up a uh, – uh, Pelion uh, collection on Utini.com yeah, uh, yeah. within the week. Jared wrote that. He gets all the credit for it, for sure. Yeah, Jared Dang. killed it. Um, I'm with you, though. Shadow Council, man, this is a big deal. Uh, this whole yeah. Pelion. Like, this is, this is like, the closest to, like, post-Rot J Legends I think we've ever gotten, frankly. Yep. Like, yep. I mean, this just, it looks with like it's going to... With Aftermath, with bringing in Hux. With, yeah, with right, Hux exactly. It looks like it's, it's, it's like... It's finally filling in those gaps, and I think that is a, a large reason why, why a large part of the community, you know, in 2012, 2014, were really upset when they, you know, slapped this Legends label on everything, and you know, we sort of undid all the stuff because these stories were the ones that everybody wanted. Like, what are Luke? What is what was Luke up to? What is Han Leia up to? And what's Lando up to? All that kind of stuff. So now we're finally telling some stories in that that era, and if it's successful then what what will happen is the same thing has happened every other time they've done this in Star Wars right. is they'll keep telling more stories in that era. So, yeah. you know, I think uh, I think it's a given. And, like, the whole what the Empire is up to is probably, in my opinion, the most interesting thing that happens after Return of the Jedi is the return is, yeah. is Thrawn and, like, who's in yep. charge now because, like, they just blew up the Death Star. They didn't, they didn't destroy the whole fleet, right? So, right. That was never. That's never been addressed. So it's really fantastic to to get this. I'm I'm stoked. That I can't believe they just un, like unveiled it like the way they did in in that episode of Mando last week. Just like yeah, here we are. It's this. It's the. And they just talked about Thrawn. Like that. That one guy was just like, what, what was this? Or it was Pelion. It's just like yeah. Well, yeah. We we have to follow Thrawn. He's the one in charge. And they're like, we don't believe you. Like that was a whole lot of lore <laughs> just to drop about this era that we've been oh, wondering yeah. for and, ages. Uh, and Project Necromancer. I was like, yo. That's yep. incredible. Lots of lots of sequel yeah. tie-ins in this, which made me so happy. There was the uh, the Praetorian yep. guards. Yep, uh, yep. Oh, they were man, epic. that was fire. <laughs> yeah, real big for like again and the aftermath stuff. Like I don't, I don't think we're gonna be for lore purposes. I believe Ray Sloan does cannot be around. She's already in the unknown regions by then, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, based on this timeline. But like so many other people, kind of bringing these ties in. 
And if if we take this and assume Filoni's lying, because I agree, Emma, I think that he's like, oh, this won't have to do with uh, uh, Ahsoka. Of course it will. You're it's just trying to make sure yeah. that you... <laughs> I, I always love the line, you don't have to watch anything to watch this brand new show, which is just a bold-faced lie. That's, uh, that, all that, the is time. Correct. Yes. that is correct. That is correct. You can just go in blind. Doesn't oh, matter. Man. I was like, Filoni, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's okay. It's okay. Uh, and yeah. I'm sure as we get closer to Ahsoka, we'll, after the first episode, we'll do a big, okay, everyone, we've watched the first episode. Here's what you need to know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if we're really doing this, do you think, and I don't know if there's a right answer for this or not, given that we assume Mando's going to have a season four, do we think that taking so much of this towards the Warlords and the Remnant and all this stuff, it like how do the Mandalorians or Din or Grogu or Bo-Katan like do they all still fit in this story, or are we eventually just kind of slowly bringing in more New Republic to fight the Empire? And this just happens to be the show that they're doing. I feel like that's kind of what the movie is going to be for. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I like obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we don't hear about the Mandalorians and you know anything. Uh, you know any of the books like aftermath right. or anything like that so right. we have to assume that yeah. that you know maybe they failed in they're taking... all gonna die on wednesday is what you're saying yeah yeah i'm a little bit scared <laughs> just, just glass <laughs> them all i'm a little scared i really do think that someone is going to die and i'm highly concerned that it is going to be bo katan i i no. i think i will obviously i like bo katan just a little bit um smidge and uh, you know, I I think I I really do think that someone's going to be a goner, and I just don't think that it can mm-hmm. be Din. I think that would like break too many people's <clears throat> spirits. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I, I I like. I don't understand how they can just be like the main character from the last four seasons we've directed is actually not the main character. It's such a George <laughs> Lucas thing to say. It's very obvious yeah. that Dave Filoni was charged by yeah, George, uh, cha- like trained by George Lucas. Yeah. Because, well, like, actually, that's so I, I'm pretty sure Rick Famuyiwa is the one that said that, that like oh, the really? title of the Mandalorian doesn't refer to our singular Whatever. Mandalorian anymore. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Get out. I yeah, just can't. That's ridiculous. Just, that's, that's ridiculous. Of course it's, of course. It's, Revisionist the history. Character. I know you can't just, there's no way that they can kill him off. Surely not. I'm, I'm going to be eating my words if they do, but yeah. still, still. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I'm and a little curious. Tone. Yeah. I think it'll set the tone. Um, totally. And I, I think the most interesting question just about this, uh, about, Filoni doing this in the first place is like is that he has all this animation experience we've often talked about like sometimes it's a little hard translating things to animation and live action and I would I would maybe even argue that the Mandalorian has been sort of proof of that because not everything that they pulled out of Mandalorian or out of a animation has gone super well in my opinion right so some of the stories haven't been as rich some of the way the characters have looked has garnered a lot of divisiveness online so I'm curious as you guys what do you think about Filoni's experience with TV specifically animated animate animated TV well if I can say that mm-hmm. uh how is that going to how's that going to affect him directing a film because that's very, it's very different right I think for me what this season of Mando has shown me is that Ahsoka will tell us way more than I ever thought it would about Filoni because the more we've heard about the behind the scenes and things like that like, this season really hasn't been Filoni's season of Mando. He's been executive producer and done that kind of stuff, but the the fact that they're coming out so close to one another on the release schedule means that he's been on set for Ahsoka 
directing one and then if not else like scripting and doing all these things so i think for for me at least i am i am almost doubling down on now how how closely i'm looking at ahsoka because i think that whatever he showed the dailies to lucasfilm and kathleen <laughs> kennedy and all those people that are about to write a nine figure check for him to make a movie like that that these movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars and it's their second movie we we assume to come out after uh well we'll get to that Right. These think, had to be good. These dailies to, had to be very good. Because you're talking about Ray as the theory first, right? For yeah, I'm, I think Ray is the first movie, and then Filoni's <laughs> will be the next one. So I think that there are some things where uh, some of my criticisms about season three, people have been like, well, would you have liked it better if it was animated? I'll say, yeah, actually. I think yes. And, and, and I think that that shows the strength of animation, but also the, the tonalities can be different. Whereas I think seeing Filoni spearhead Ahsoka – I have to trust that whatever he was showing Lucasfilm as they were coming out and editing showed that that cinematic quality a bit. And I, I hope that we got a little bit of it from the teaser trailer. It did seem a little more cinematic, a little more filmy um, than some of the other things we've seen. But if, if I do see, like you said, Corey, some of those animated touches that show a, a little less translation, like some of the comedy here and there, some of the dialogue choices that work a little bit more in animation – then I might be uh, doing a, a, a little bit of a couple klaxons in the background, being like, "Okay, maybe I'm a little concerned." Yeah. That seems that seems like a tough task because almost every character that's going to be in Ahsoka was an animated character, right? Yeah, or main great characters, point. That is so, like having to hit home runs with all of those because you know you're going to get people that are be like, "Well, you know, Ahsoka looks similar and Sabine looks." Pretty spot on, but Ezra, geez, I don't know about him. I don't want to watch anymore. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. right. So, like, it, it's that's a that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. If you if you get all of those characters right, but you like skimp on one in somebody's eyes, and you see some of that like discourse online or something, and it kind of it eats away at you because you hear yeah. people talk about it. Yeah. But who cares? That's right. It's live action. Yep. Story. It's not going to be a one story one. that we get after Rebels that we've been asking for for yeah, you know, how long has right. Rebels been like off the air? Yeah, right. For eight nine years. Yeah. Oh, it can't be that long. Six years. Oh, it's been a hot minute. I was, I was in this house when I, yeah, <laughs> when probably I was five, watching it live. Like four or five. Like, yeah. But still, yeah. I think yeah. it's. I think I think the amount. I think the the key thing is like it's very obvious that Filoni has like this really rich storytelling ability, and it, it seems like every yeah. time he gets. Uh, Every time he gets a show, like it almost seems like we get distracted from the really good storytelling to for a bunch of filler yeah. crap. Like to be honest, like it's a harsh filler though. I know, I know, because it's not filler. But with a film, that's easier. Because I know that's what I'm saying. There's not as much time to like like Filoni can basically tell you know the story of Dune. This is like an equivalent, right? Or metaphor, right? Like like you you can tell that story. Like you can tell the mythical story you want to tell from start to finish because you have a you have like a hard rules because there's less amount of time and there's only 120 minutes and you know, so you have like like really really tight boundaries in which to tell a story in, which I think I think you will really excel at uh, excel at because like I think that's I think that's that's where TV has maybe even hurt Star Wars storytelling a little bit is like you can just do unlimited spin-offs and side quests and seasons and 
Like, it's going to keep selling. People are not going to stop watching Star Wars live action. It's like the biggest moneymaker ever, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's up there with Marvel as being, with the MCU as being as rich of an environment to tell stories in. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think he's shown, too, that he's kind of made a couple mini movies. Like, the Embara arc of Clone Wars is kind of like a movie. The Mortis arc is kind of like a movie. The Siege of Mandalore is basically a Star Wars <laughs> movie. Yeah, it is. And I think you're, mm. you're absolutely right in this case. I'm excited to see him with the constraints. That's right. I think that'll make something really cool. But I do want to ask you guys about how that works. Because if, if this is being pitched as the Imperial Remnant versus Thrawn, basically, from what we understand, mm-hmm. two questions. One, do you think this will end the Mandoverse shows? And basically allow now all the shows kind of start up. We get now the Lando show and all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And two... How, if that's the case, how do they pitch this movie that is based upon, uh, gosh, at that point, probably six or seven series of television without making it be, without making people not want to go to the theaters? Yeah. Because we know the crawls are coming back. Kathleen Kennedy did say that. I don't think they know yet. And here's why I say that. Um, They, let's see. I think it was in the interview at Celebration with uh, Rosario Dawson and uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And they were saying something like... God, everyone's um, just so attractive. Mother I know. God. They're great. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> every and honestly, trio in every show. And by the way, what, what we're talking about, how attractive everybody is, can we just say that, like, I'm... Pre- I feel like they kind of nailed the casting for everybody so far. Like, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, they really did. They really did. Everybody sure. looks great that we've seen so far. And I know that we only saw Ezra in a hologram, but even he looks, you know, spot on. Looks great. Looks great. Um, but anyways, I, I, they were mentioning something in their interview where, uh, you know, if, if the show's, like, popular enough, like, hopefully they'll get a season two. And I'm like, hmm. So if you guys don't know if you're getting a season two yet, how do we know where the story of Ahsoka is? <laughs> ends up therefore right. to lead the into to the start. movie yeah right. exactly so so I, I don't know if they know yet or or maybe they're worried, just bluffing Emma. i know i'm You're sorry making me nervous either that or they they could totally be bluffing and they already know it's going to get a season two and yeah. they already know the story of it i don't know this is dangerous it's dangerous it's yeah. dangerous <laughs> to never have an ending for a character it's dangerous because yeah. like you always have bigger and bigger shoes to fill and people are going to be unhappy no matter what at the end it doesn't matter how yeah. you kill off luke skywalker a bunch of people are going to be pissed about it right because yeah. and that is the problem that legends had is they couldn't kill off any of the people right like yeah right like the legacy of the force is so freaking far after return of the jedi all the main characters are like 70 or some shit but they're all acting like they're like 35 like it's Let's ridiculous go on another adventure i know my favorite my favorite scene that happens in any of any of legends literally my favorite stupid scene i'm talking about this before it's just been a long time is boba fett and han solo both round a co- round a corner with blasters drawn and they literally go we're too old for this shit. And they put their blasters <laughs> away and they part ways. This literally happens in Legends. So it's that like is too much. I think it's a little yeah. dangerous to just never want to end the story because I don't know that Filoni is 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 going to be able to ever do it because he he I mean given you don't have to make it all up because he doesn't have to say you know the conclusion because he's not had to tell the story yet. But yeah. like he he counters himself a lot. Like at some point he said Ahsoka's dead by the time we hear her voice in the Rise of yep. Skywalker. Another time he said, "Well, technically she might not have been dead." You know what I mean? So like I don't know yeah. that he's genuinely genuinely capable of letting go of these characters that have completely defined his career. To be honest, and I also yeah. don't know. But I will say, if he if he is able to let them go, 
letting them go in a film in like a last hurrah type of way is definitely the way to do it. Yeah. But I don't know I agree. if Disney is capable of making allowing him to make that decision of, of like Ooh. the moneymaker yeah. Dave Filoni. Yeah. Are they going to let him kill off the major characters in a film like – I don't. I, what is the, the end timeline, goal here? What the is timeline the still here? allows plenty of room before Tross uh, for for Ahsoka oh, yeah. to live. I do like. I think that like they might be a little nervous because can you imagine what the fan reaction is going to be the day they kill off Ahsoka? Like, just it saying, is. it's not going to be good. It's not no. going to be good. And well, and, uh, listen, oh, and yeah. the, the problem. Sorry, is, I love to defend the Star Wars community, and I'm like, oh wait, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> no, it's not. Right. <laughs> sorry, I forgot. Silly Listen, me. <laughs> the problem with this is that Disney has precedent for this already, right? Is because Disney in the last five years have have closed the doors on multiple of their Marvel heroes, right? They have closed yep. the doors on those, and it has That's not right. gone well at all, no. right? It's been a disaster, right? Because mm-hmm. everything that they put out since the, since Avengers Endgame has basically been been poorly received like it's not done well at all it's not doing well on disney plus the movies are not doing nearly as well like so disney has got to be scratching their head a little bit going "Ooh, maybe we shouldn't kill off the main characters <laughs> because yeah. like it, it's not worked in in marvel i'm not saying that content is not good i'm enjoying it fine but like it's not the same i will say yeah. it's not the same well, and monetarily it's not i think you're right and and, and that's why i think my, my hottest take about the feloni movie is that i i don't want them to bring in characters from the shows. And I think that's hard because that's kind of the point is that it's that's the Mandoverse. I don't want Din Djarin. I don't want Bo-Katan. I don't. Yeah, I want either. Thrawn. I think mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I who's think Who's going to be they're... the antagonist, though? I don't no, know. No, Thrawn. Or, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, Thrawn. Sorry, sorry. The, who's going to be the, pro, the protagonist if you're not bringing I, in I, any of those characters? I, I don't know. And I think that's the hard thing is that because for a film <laughs> audience – a lot of us watch Mando. Obviously, it's a huge show. Right. But the amount of people that watch the Mandalorian television show versus the amount of people that buy a ticket to a Star Wars movie is not even close. Like, it is going to be a yeah. huge audience. And you can have a crawl that shows, you know, the Mandalorian did jarring or whatever. And I hope that comes back. But I, I hope that there's some kind of freedom to bring in new characters, like mm-hmm. like in an aftermath kind of way of like, here's Nora Wexley and crew, and they're going to do a big thing. Right. Who's been carrying oh God, out Shara Bay? Let's let's yeah. do that. No. Be who has great. been who has been carrying out the Emperor's will in all this time? Right. I mean right. that's 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 an that's a very obvious big villain. Oh, Maybe those the imp- droids from Battlefront Two. Oh my God! Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. those in live action? Holy crap! Messengers, yeah, right? The messengers. Yeah. yeah, yeah the like droids. like maybe Thrawn finally sees an opportunity to disagree with the Emperor. Right. Like that's been kind of building yeah. for a long time mm-hmm. in a lot of the books and stuff. So maybe it's going to be the Emperor's hands versus. Oh shit! I just said in for his hand. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's Marjane uh, maybe, confirmed. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, hey. Can I just can I say an unpopular? <gasps> oh opinion? my god! What if it's a Marjane movie? Oh my god! Here's my unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't want Mara Jade to come in. No, I, I don't. Either. That is going to cause so much toxicity in the fandom. Can you imagine that? Jeez, Louise. Your, no. Emma, your first mistake is no. thinking that whatever this film is going to be, it's not going to have a bunch of toxicity because it's going to be like it's going to be Thrawn, oh right? It's going to be Thrawn. It's going to be the kind so. of toxicity yeah. I don't want, though. Like, which oh is, my god. Which is like unrealistic <laughs> expectations of the female characters that we've already seen before. Like yeah. it's just I, gonna be icky. <laughs> I think what we're gonna need for this Filoni movie, and then, and then I do, I don't want, I want to hit the Ray movie here a little too. Yes. If this Filoni movie is actually coming out in 2026, which is the rumor that I, it's it's not. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. like, come on. But three if, years, there's no freaking way. Let's, like, let's play this beautiful magical out game. Before hell no, like. <laughs> yeah, let, let let's pretend that they're going to do back to back years of Star Wars movies. Um, if this is coming out though, I think what they need to do, and they don't want to, is start pumping out some story info about it sooner rather than later. Because I think this is the movie for the Imperial Remnant and the Thrawn and everything about it. They need to establish what is not in the movie, I think, almost as early as they need to establish what is so people can start right. acclimating to it. Because this yeah. community <laughs> needs to not start – not spend two and a half years assuming we're getting Ahsoka's final battle story if that's not what's going to happen. Because right. um, Mandoverse, we've had, what, four seasons of shows now and has barely – Excuse me. Yeah. Has barely moved the plot forward. Like the the yeah. needle has barely moved. Right. We're yeah. we, we've been dealing with the same villain from the first season, yeah. and we're still just now seeing what he's actually up to. So yeah. like well, everything in the mm-hmm. season two finale. I saw a Steel Wars shout at Steel Wars on Twitter that a great point. All the big reveals in the season two of the Mandalorian. Luke Skywalker came and took Grogu. Nope, he's back. Din took off his helmet to show Grogu hasn't taken it off the whole season. That's right. Us uh, uh, Bogatan had had a big fleet. No, she doesn't. Um, and then, uh, uh, oh, Moff Gideon was captured. Yeah, he's out. Like, every right, know, single yeah. big thing has been changed. And I'm like, if they are going to this movie, we need to see that direction. It so does. It is. Yeah, here's ahead, one thing about that, though, is, like, I feel like they're they're structuring the show a little bit differently than, like, say, like an MCU show or, mm-hmm. or any sort of typical TV show. And And here's why I say that. I think they're structuring it more like a novel or like a series of novels. And part of that is hinted at the fact that, you know, they use chapters instead of like episode yeah. numbers. Right, um, right. Because we're getting a hell of a lot more ca- character development than like big action sequences, which is definitely a trait of mm-hmm. a book. Does it translate great? That's up for debate. But, you know, I, I don't think that they're looking to advance the plot forward in huge ways every season, which again, like can be up for argument whether or not that's a good decision. But Mm -hmm. I I kind of think that it's, it's almost more about our expectations of like what we want the show to do. And I think part of that is because we don't know what happens to the Mandalorians at the end. Like we have no idea what the end goal is. And so it's hard to anticipate that. That's, that's actually a really good point to bring up actually that I would love to, I would love to talk about is, is that th- this this film, especially with Thrawn, and we're kind of talking about the film and Ahsoka kind of all in the same same boat a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because it's like, kind of the vibe we, they've given us. It is. It is kind of the vibe they've been, they've been giving us, too. And my my question is, how do they sort of balance the nostalgia of of all of these characters? Because th- this is this is kind of weird, right? We're, we're, we're getting a character Thrawn is from 1991, right? Yeah. We're, we're getting a character yeah. that's really, really old, like yeah. involved in a completely modern character with a ton of nostalgia with like Ahsoka. So like, how are they going to balance yeah. the, cause these are very different fan groups in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. How, how is it going to work? Is it going to be just massive fan service the whole time? Or are we just going to, are we going to shit on a lot of the stories that have already <laughs> been told? How is that going to work? Yeah, I think that bringing Thrawn into Rebels was huge with this. I think this was like their test. Now, let me let me be clear. Do I think that Dave was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to bring uh, Thrawn into Rebels and then they'll give me a movie in 10 years? No. <laughs> um, but I think that was the, okay, Thrawn can live here. Tomorrow. We all remember that video we saw of him coming out and at that celebration with a season three trailer yeah, and everyone rad. lost their minds. So 
Like, cool, this character has a lot of love here. The Funko's very hard to find in love. Throne Ascendancy was huge. Like, okay, <clears throat> people still love that character. And the only character that consistently sells as well as Thrawn is Ahsoka. You're right, Corey. They're completely different audiences. But I think they're like, you know what? If we do the show now, is that finally going to converge the two, bring them together, get them on the same united front to kind of lead our publicity into the movie? Now, like I said, that's going to be a whole different audience. But I, I, if it were me, I think that's the game they're playing at least. I would agree with that a lot, actually. And and one of my like predictions for the movie is that you know Ahsoka and Thrawn are going to be like the main characters of the movie, um, and, and that that's kind of where they're both going to meet their mm-hmm. final demises. I really do believe that. I think that like Ahsoka's death is worthy of. A movie screen. I agree uh, to that 100. percent Yeah, and, she's like my favorite with, character, and I want it to happen. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. I agree with that a lot too, for real. Like, I, I, I want her death to be something that is, you know, done well, and and, and yeah. something that's well thought out, something that has yeah. a lot of grandeur, and and something that's yeah. memorable and doesn't make us angry when we think. Yeah. About directed it. by Dave. Like, let yes. us do it. Yeah. Yes, and and, and he, the other thing too is like, I, I, I wonder if. You know, some of the characters from Ahsoka, maybe like Hera, maybe Sabine, maybe we see them sort of transition into like the. I, I know we we've, in the trailer it's kind of suggested that Hera's already kind of like a general in the New Republic, but maybe that's kind of like part of like the the New Republic army is like you know yeah. they're kind of leading them. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we see that in the, such a weird poll, but in the uh, story um, for the Squadrons video game. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. It, it, it could maybe, work. I don't know. It could. It could. Do you, guys, and, do, do you think that do you think that Rosio Dawson can pull it off? Like uh, as a uh, because I have concerns about that. No, to be no. Honest. Here's <laughs> great question, and I think that that's my all, all of this stuff is hypothetical. The story's going to be what the story's going to be, and if the script is good, great. We're all going to watch it. I'm sure we're going to love it. But th- there are some real questions to ask. That like people have made very good points about. The Mandoverse is the acting is not ten yep. out of ten. It's not movie yep. quality, right? Yeah. It's a little. Cringy. And this isn't going to be in the volume. This movie cannot be shot in the volume. It cannot look right. like that on a giant IMAX screen. It's fine on the TV. We accept it, but I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Dawson different. is the caliber of actor to pull to pull that off. To be honest, I, so, so mm-hmm. my like unpo- I feel like I have a ton of unpopular opinions about the Mandoverse, but here's another one. <laughs> Every opinion is um, unpopular. <laughs> Uh, I I didn't mind her acting in uh, in Mando season two and in the you know brief time we see Book of Boba Fett. I think it's jarring to people because we have spent so much time with animated Ahsoka voiced mm-hmm. by Ashley Eckstein that mm-hmm. it, it's like it wasn't up to what anybody expected because how could it be? We've we've seen way too much of of animated Ashley Ahsoka. One thing that I I hope will sort of inspire. Uh, you know, hope in people kind of up to the amount that I feel about this show is that, you know, I've been watching like all the interviews out of Celebration. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that I've enjoyed the most is uh, interviews with Rotario and interviews with Ashley and talking about how mm-hmm. they finally got to meet each other. And um, Ashley uh, was on the set of Ahsoka and that's where they first met. Uh, her and Rosario and Rosario was talking about how she picks Ashley's brain about uh, about Ahsoka and kind of like defers to her about uh, you know opinions on the character and things like that and that made me feel like extra extra hopeful about her portrayal of Ahsoka because she's actually you know referring to not only the creator 
Dave Filoni, but also, you know, the maker basically of, of yeah. Ashley Eckstein. And I think that that is like the most important thing that That's could right. happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, I think the series is going to be big. It is. When you're yeah. a cameo character, you get your time, but I wonder what, what, uh, what it's going to be. I don't know. I think, like, uh, just go ahead, Wes. To Eric's point, mm-hmm. um, having new characters and not the ones that we've seen in, in TV might make the movie long enough to watch where you don't get bored, right? Because if you put enough, if you put enough like flashbacks and these scenes to help you understand who these characters are, then the movie's going to be five hours long. Right, right. So you need to, you need to be able to understand who these characters are from the beginning as they portray them or have a deep ass crawl that (laughs) slow enough for you to read it and then interpret it as you're reading. It takes like six minutes to read the crawl. It's like 27 paragraphs before the movie. uh, The attendants start saying, everybody look under your chair and it's a book and it's the crawl. (laughs) Required yet open. (laughs) Or you buy your ticket ahead of time and they send you like something like, like on your phone. Fortnite. You have to read these 39 pages. No, no. (laughs) If only, if only they had something like journey, a journey, Journey 2 series where they could put in books that might offer context. <laughs> but great question here. We got a super chat from super Colton. Chat. Wow, um, that animation is real old and real bad. We need to change that, Wes. <laughs> that looks oh, like that shit, dude. You, Wes. Looks so good. <laughs> looks like shit, dude. But, Appreciate so, the super chat, Colton. It's so generic. Thank you. Uh, for going <laughs> great, great question, though. Uh, um, and I, w- I want to round out this movie chat on this question and then briefly touch on Ray here. Colton asks, do you think they will bring in tech from the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy, such as the Gravity Well Generator, or do you think we might see a Chiss Skywalker? Oh. Uh, tough in audio, but from the books, you might know the Skywalkers, huge thing in the Ascendancy trilogy. We do know Zahn has been consulted. He's been like actively involved in Thrawn's legacy. In Thrawn, Thrawn's legacy. Thrawn's, well, yeah, Thrawn's legacy, but also Thrawn's, you know, involvement here in live action. I think using the Ascendancy stuff would be really fun. Be hard, though. Be real hard. Be hard. But but I do like like his question about, like, pulling in, like, a a, a Chiss Skywalker. I think we could see some small elements, like, brought in from from Chiss culture because that's how he runs his ship, right? Like, is he... Yes. He uses his own experience to fall back on, so... My the gravity will generate. I think. I think we're definitely building towards the uh, the Tie Fighter thing. The the project. Tie, I think that's, uh, oh, defender, uh, yeah, right? the Tie yeah, Defender. Uh, the Tie Defender. Yep, I yep, think yep. that's definitely on the horizon for Mando. I think we're going to see that. Did Maybe that even this season. Yeah, it did. But defenders? no, no, he it got like kind of canceled because of they diverted budget to the Death Star. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if honestly that's in the that's in the finale. This would be Wednesday. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, they. They were talking about budget when they were having that meeting. They were like, uh, like, did you divert funds or did you like give us funds for these people? What about me? I don't get anything. Like, hey, really having a corporate conversation. That hits harder as a 31 year old. I know. (laughs) I'm like, oh God. (laughs) But but Thrawn's new tech like certainly has a has a potential for being good storytelling, in my opinion. I think it gets mentioned. Gets mentioned like like in Rogue One where they just go through like the the different data. Sure uh, does. I could honestly imagine like Thrawn's ship in Ahsoka being the Chimera. Like, no joke. Like, I mean, that's not really a deep cut. It's just a Star Destroyer, you know? 
Speaking of the Chimera, really fast, the underside of that 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 Imperial oh, Cruiser yeah. that we got to see with the yes. with the what's it named the Mythosaur painted on it. I was like, holy shit! I really want to see a Chimera in live action. I know. Now. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. My there. first thought was, who painted that? <laughs> <laughs> were they all in their yeah, jetpacks? So like, like so rolling it. <laughs> Sky Talkers said that today on their episode. They're like, how much paint did that take? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> But you know, if, if can you imagine? I'm okay. Hold on, this probably won't happen. But I gotta say it now. You put the thought in my brain. Filoni movie, crawl, 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 crawl. Chimera. Stars. Oh yeah, Chimera. Chimera. Holy Chimera shit. First shot. <laughs> oh my god, that would I love be so that. So cool. Wait, oh, and then, Eric, Eric, you do realize uh, if we get a live uh, action Chimera in the movie, we'll get a Chimera Lego set, right? Oh god, right? It's, it's, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, guys. It's not gonna. We gotta stop. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna be sad. <laughs> Oh, my oh God. man, that's that would fantastic! Be the best. I th- I think uh, uh, I I generally do not see it. I do not see any future in which that the Filoni movie is not about Thrawn. Like, like I agree like to that. 100%. Like, like 100%. I know they they've already sort of hinted. There's rumors and shit. I don't think he confirmed anything really at Celebration, did he? Look at that. Oh man, yeah. oh. Chimera. So, West. Yeah. Sorry, Wes has the, the shot from Mandalorian pulled up. That is so much paint. I know, dude. <laughs> but remember, remember this. That's, the that's lines not are a, so sharp. I know, yeah. but that's not a star destroyer, though, right? That's a right. That's the light cruiser. Light, light cruiser, cruiser, right? So yeah, they're it's, like, it's a, not as like big a, as a city. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it was still pretty big flying over there, yeah. though. But, oh, JG yeah, yeah. in the chat, he says uh, they hired an expert, Sabine. That's such oh a good God. <laughs> with spray paint on the whole thing. Yeah, it's like who are you gonna hire if the Mandalorians need something spray painted? Sabine, of course. Stuff, yeah. They need a plan. Yeah. That's the thing. From oh my today, God. they need to know what that movie is about today. Because I think if they that, wait, right? I hope they do. It, maybe I, if they reveal I, it, it'll spoil I something have, else. Dude, I have no faith. I have no yeah. faith that they have this story figured out. Somehow, Thrawn has returned. Listen, <laughs> if we if we make it if we make it in the first movie that they make. Uh, the Ray movie, if that is what it is, if they yes. fix a lot of the problems, like. You know, we don't really complain about the problems that hard necessarily here. Like, but like if they fix some of the issues where it's very obvious that there's a cohesive story, I'll be I'll be all in at that point in their confidence to, yep. to pull it off. But I'm I'm not convinced yet with the Mandoverse that they have a a big picture plan yet. We'll see if they pull it all together. But like, yeah, it, it's it's small stuff like what you were saying, Eric, about like how season two has kind of been undone a little bit. Like the ending has kind of been undone a little bit. That makes me mm-hmm. a little doubtful that they're. Not just kind of shooting from the seat of their pants a little bit with the storytelling. Not to say the storytelling that's happening is not good, because it is, but it certainly does seem like there's not like a a Bible somewhere that they're like, all right, this is Act 1, this is Act 2, this is Act 3, this is Act 4, that they've got it all nice and planned out and going to put together. very reactive. But if if they're going to make this, if they're going to pull this damn movie off, then and they have to figure this shit out pretty soon. Soon. To narrow down that plot point. It's too, I know. It feels like it's too wide. I I want that Chimera shot now so bad. I would literally kill someone for it. I'm, I'm just like I'm thinking about it because now it's like that. How it's not, we're going to what else for do you start with? <laughs> I don't know. You gotta. Um, I don't know. Sh- ship crawls are are, are just perfectly nostalgic. Ah, Talking yeah. about nostalgia, yeah. man. Yeah, that'd, especially that'd especially now world. when you can see the scale of them compared yeah. to the new CGI. Or I could also so get well. behind if we, if we're not going to do a chimera after the crawl. I could also get behind the same way that Rot J ended. This would be a fan or began. This would be a fantastic way to open the movie to give the nostalgia of the OT too. Is is uh, open the movie with the shuttle 
flying in. You remember the, yes! em- the emperor yeah, gets off red. the shuttle in the beginning of that movie? It docks in the Death Star, right? That would be a, a hell of a way to begin to. But instead of the emperor getting off, it's Thrawn. It's Thrawn. But like I... with, with two Praetorian guards instead of the oh. instead of the uh, what are the what are the red guys called again? The Imperial Guards, uh, whatever. I... Shit. Oh, uh, the royal. It's been a just long the royal time. guards. Yeah, it's royal guards. guards. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. That would be so many cool opportunities. <clears throat> but of course, um, as we as we do wind down tonight, I wanted to ask you: all this stuff is happening, but as the rumor mill's going, we're getting a whole other movie before this. Do you guys think? I okay, do any of us think it's going to be a movie twenty twenty five, movie twenty twenty six? Is there any way they do two movies back to back years? <laughs> no. Because that's what they tried I mean, that before, and they ended up delaying it. Okay, I I, maybe, but I, it is that is that is you know two well, years from here. now for twenty five, and it is. Yeah, I think twenty five is possible. I think twenty five is likely. I think actually twenty five is going to happen. Right? Yes, got to be. Yeah, they will never release a Star Wars movie outside of Christmas ever again. Yeah, ever no. again. Ever it's again. so hard for Solo. It's not, yeah. it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well. Good luck. But do you think it makes sense for twenty twenty five to be the Ray movie? I. Because I to bring folks back to the theaters with Daisy Ridley with John Boyega, they've had 15 years to train their master badass Jedi's. Star Wars is back in theaters. Do you think that's what they're going to do? If they started it, if they started writing it last year, then yes. The way that everybody talked Good about point. it at Celebration made it sound like just kidding. This has been in the works basically since the Rise of Skywalker. That's kind of yeah. what they Kathleen Kennedy at. did say that basically. Like they knew yes. they wanted to come back here. Yeah, and, she, and they basically Ridley's Instagram said that. post from Lucasfilm was from like a year ago or something, yeah. right? Yeah, and that yeah. was the pitch. Like I'm oh. assuming they, they 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 had again. I I said it last week. If I'm Daisy Ridley, I'm not saying yes without a story treatment. Yeah, I'm like, let me see what you're maybe, do but with you, it that's first. the thing though. But you're not Daisy Ridley, right? That's and true. Daisy, I, I Daisy Ridley has not been in. She's not been in amazing kick ass movies. I mean, she has right. been, but it's not like she's not like Harrison Ford, where she right. built as obviously already built this huge career outside of it. Like, right? Maybe she just wants a really good job, and Star Wars pays so freaking well. Like, I don't know. Yep. Like, maybe Daisy really doesn't give a shit about the story. I don't she, know. She did say <laughs> a few Shut months up, ago. Corey. In, I know. Shut up. She cares. I know. So I I yeah. also feel that way, but I will say that like. Sure. Uh, uh, she did an interview like a few months ago about some other film she did and somebody asked her if she'd ever come back as Ray, and she's like, I don't know, I am looking for employment or something. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, JT made a point in the chat that, because we've heard a lot of different rumors of films, and I'm wondering if a lot of them were actually from the same project. He said uh, Damon Lindelof, the Lost writer, was apparently working on a script, right, last year, turned it in in February, and now he left to have someone refining and working on it. It's going to be turned in in May. This might be that story. So if True. that's been it's happening... Late. It's too late, man. <laughs> it's too uh, late. I'm not convinced that they can pull it off. And also, John Boyega was, has been very, very vocal, even since the ending of The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So I, I don't think this project's been in the works for that long, to be no. honest. I think this is a... I yeah. think this is a last six months has really come together type of thing, yeah. to be honest. I, I do think, though, that they are going to – in the last six months, they've tried to nail it down, and I do think that this is what they're aiming for for uh, for 2025. And so It's insane to me. It's insane to me, truly. Yeah. It's insane to me that, that Disney just 
flings around money like nobody's business about Star Wars. They don't do this with yep. anything else. It's only freaking Star Wars they do this with, which is insane. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. We'll <laughs> I'm gonna see. watch it. I'm gonna watch it like ten times, regardless of what it is. Exactly. I, really, I know, right? <laughs> I don't really give a damn when it comes on, out. I hope it's good, but you know, if it's not, oh well. We'll still be talking about it. Content. Like four I'm just hours, excited so. to get like someone else's perspective on the character <laughs> and on. Yeah. You know, this period of time, like, you know, obviously we had J.J. direct two of the movies and, you know, uh, J.J. and Ryan were both like pretty much the only ones kind of involved in like the story yeah. of the sequel trilogy. So yep. I think it'll be nice to just have other eyes on it and kind of learning from <clears throat> from what happened and, and also yeah. getting Ray's story told from a woman's perspective. I think that's gonna be really mm. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I never had a problem with the directing. The directing was always fantastic, but it's the writing that I have a problem yep. with. So I hope that I hope they get the oh. writing. I hope they get it right. Yeah. We got lots. Like, there's so many. There's so salt. much greatness that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much salt. <laughs> and there was. Oh, and there was man. salt. <clears throat> they knew yes, some unnecessary yeah. salt, but uh, you yeah. know some people. Some people are like grease, and and they just like to salt their their shit for like you know a minute straight. It's fine. That's right. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So many possibilities coming out. And again, every every couple months, we're going to learn more. We're going to know more at the end of Wednesday. We'll know something about Mandoverse. Ahsoka's coming out in August. We'll know more then. And like we Ahsoka say, uh, please live. <laughs> yeah. I think Fingers Emma's crossed. right about the hologram of Thrawn. I don't think they give us the whole thing. Or even I, the back. I, I think you're Listen, right. Colton nailed it perfectly in the chat. He says 100% loving all the new content that they're creating, but the perpetual fear is just going to that they're just going to rush everything is absolutely real. And that is <laughs> yep. so true. That is so true. That's exactly That's how I freaking point. feel. I'm loving everything that we're getting. <laughs> yes, there's criticisms of things, but Ever since the rise of Skywalker, honestly, ever since ever since the Last Jedi, to be honest, and the way the community responded to it, like it's it makes me nervous, man. It's hard for me just to totally let go and just be like, I just can't wait for everything. It's gonna be fantastic. Yes, I'm excited, but there is also this little thing in the back of my mind. It's like people are gonna really suck. People well, are gonna yeah. suck. It's because no one will no ever be able to out, agree right? on anything, and that's and, and we all know that. That's why we're all nervous about it. <laughs> I know Here we are. All right, y'all. Well. If, uh, let's see if we get post credit thrawn on Wednesday, huh? And then uh, that'll be a fun day. And if we don't, I don't we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun <laughs> day or a sad day. Down. We'll see. Chimera. <laughs> All right. But we'll be back here uh, next week, though. I want to let everybody know we are uh, taking a little bit of a Mando break because we are talking all things Jedi Survivor uh, next Monday. We're going to have a special guest on the show. Uh, a little bit of a tease for you. Uh, but we're going to talk all things Jedi Survivor. Cannot wait for that. Uh, if you're like me, make sure you already took the 28th off of work so you can mm-hmm. play a video game. Or don't use your PTO that way. I don't know. I'm not your boss. Do what you want to do. Next Friday. We'll see you back way. there. Oh, spokes. No, that's, that's two Fridays. Two Fridays. Oh, it's the 28th? No, a week this from Friday, Friday. Next Friday. Yeah, a week from this Friday. Yep. <clears throat> oh. yep because this Friday, all y'all are not going to be playing Jedi Survivor because you're going to be tuned into Uteni Thon. That's right. Starting 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Emma, may the force be with you. Thank you. How, you how got are you going to do that, by the way? Are you just going to like like sleep really late on Friday? Are you going to have like a normal day? Are you going to stay up actually for like 36 hours rather than... I swear like the planning of the actual day of has been harder than the stream itself because I, <laughs> I have class until like 11 
Uh, so anyways, I'm the reason I moved the start time to like seven at night is because I'm hoping to get a nap in before like at least three hour nap. Like that would be really nice. Yep. We'll see. It's not like I get much sleep now anyways, because I'm like up, you know, I, I really only do get like three hours of sleep a night just with all like the, the final projects and stuff for school. So it's not going to be too much. Di- it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Corey's it'll face be- like screams in doctor, screams in doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you know, many people have, have looked at me and they're like, this is a bad idea. Like, just don't die or have like a seizure live on the air. Those right. types of things, you know? That's right. Exactly. If something, Stop. you know what, wor- worse comes to worse, we won't make it for the whole 24 hours, but I'm certainly going to try. <laughs> exactly. So tune in there, everybody. We'll see you this weekend. And then we'll also see you next Monday uh, because my friends, for now, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force if you support us on Patreon, thank you so much, especially Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, and Zach W. on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter, at Pod, at Eric Eilerson, at Corey M. Helton, at Boss West, and at Jedi 26 A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Wes, and Emma for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, always.